Jesus at the center of it all. Oh, Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. See, nothing else matters. See, nothing in this world will do. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're the Verse is personal. Jesus at the center of my life. Oh, Jesus at the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be. It's always been you, Jesus. Jesus 
Jesus, be the center of your church. Oh, Jesus, be the center of your church. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess you. a few minutes in this worship experience from the topic coming through a bitter water experience coming through a bitter water experience in the early morning worship we saw that Exodus 15 opens with a song celebrating the Hebrews freedom the text tells us that as they watched Pharaoh's army drown by the convergence of the God-parted waters of the Red Sea, a song went up to God from the Hebrew camp. I'm singing my heart out to God. What a victory. He pitched horse and rider into the sea. God is my strength. God is my song, and yes, God is my salvation. But right on the heels 
of their singing to celebrate their freedom, a crisis emerges that changes the tone in the camp from mirth to cries of anguish, criticism, and fear. The event takes place in the context of a fresh experience of liberation that turns into a crisis of survival at the watering place of Mara. At Mara, the Israelites discovered that liberation carries with it discipline and responsibility, which keeps freedom in tension with issues of survival. God had not destined Israel to perpetual oppression under the tyranny of Pharaoh. From the other side of the Red Sea, Pharaoh is seen for who he is, a self-absorbed imperialist posing as a deity. And with Pharaoh physically behind them, Moses leads Israel through wilderness territory as the path to a habitation of freedom. But the wilderness offers no reliable life support system. The wilderness offers no predictable realities. And what the children of Israel soon discover is that wilderness life is risky. When you first look at this wilderness crisis, two areas of need stand out. First, when risk and vulnerability become overbearing, there is an urgent longing within us to find the ultimate authority, the one to which we can turn for dealing with our problems. There's a need in all of us to find a sustainable and dependable somebody who will empower us to stand against the crisis. And the second thing that we want to know is simply that we're not alone, that there's somebody who is with us, that there's somebody who feels our cares. And that's what these Israelites feel at Mara. They feel despair. They feel anguish. But what they did not realize was that camouflaged by their crisis, God was trying to show them something significant. God was trying to let them know, if you're going to make it through the wilderness, you've got to get closer to me. This crisis demanded that they re-examine who they were in relationship to who God is. But I want you to see in the text, that's not the immediate thing that the children of Israel did. Instead of focusing on getting closer to God, they chose to do what so many others do. They chose to complain. You don't know complaining folk, do you? We have a crisis here, Moses. We thought that fresh water was part of the arrangement of our freedom journey, but here we are cut off from a vital need that threatens our very existence. We got a crisis here, Moses. As cruel as Pharaoh was, at least Pharaoh gave us some water. 
we've got a crisis here, Moses, and, and if you don't do something to fix this thing real fast, we're going to turn back. We're going back to Egypt. My brothers and sisters, in this second month of 2022, there is a bitter water crisis among us that threatens our efficacy and threatens our survival. The litany of our people's pain and problems are legion. The continuing COVID-19 pandemic and the ripples of psychosocial economic disparity that flow from it. Massive numbers of our children in poverty drug-related violence, a pervasive prison population of black youth, a dysfunctional public school system, and an HIV-AIDS pandemic in our community. These are just part of the mounting evidence that a thick nihilism threatens the future of a whole generation of us. And while systemic injustices perpetuate the bitterness of these waters, the Mara crisis in our communities may be linked to our people not keeping pace with the discipline and responsibility that a life shaped by freedom demands. What am I trying to say? We need a new understanding of what freedom is. Because in too many instances, our minds are still stuck in Egypt. We're still dealing with Pharaoh. We're trying to move toward Canaan, but we're still thinking like we're enslaved in Egypt. We need healing. Not just physical healing, but we need psychological healing. We, we need emotional healing. We need spiritual healing. And part of that healing demands that we stop thinking like slaves and start thinking like free people. We've got to stop behaving like we're still in Egypt. And we have to start moving toward the promised land. You've got to stop thinking about what others have done for us and what others have done to us. And you have to start thinking in terms of what we can and should and must do for ourselves. And the first thing that we can and should and must do for ourselves is understand that we will never get past bitter water if we think Egypt is part of the solution. Got to shift your expectation and assistance away from Egypt and toward God. Can I help you this morning? Help ain't going to ever come from Egypt. The psalmist has asked the question, from where does my help come? Well, I got an answer. It sure ain't coming from Egypt. It ain't coming from Egypt's tax incentives that take money from the poor and give it to the rich. It 
It ain't coming from Egypt's crumbling school system that privatizes public dollars and gives it to entities that are more concerned with profit than they are with our children learning. It ain't coming from Egypt's discriminatory and duplicitous criminal justice system where judges and sheriffs and district attorneys form an unholy alliance to profit off of the indentured servitude of African-American men. It does not come from Egypt anything. And the psalmist tells you that. The psalmist says, my help comes from the Lord. So ask the psalmist the question, why the Lord? The psalmist, well, the psalmist has an answer because the Lord is more powerful than Egypt. See, the Lord is the maker of heaven and earth because the Lord is able to take care of me. The Lord will not let my foot slip. The Lord is always on the job. He does not slumber nor sleep. In the wilderness, these folk came to the bitter watering place of, of Mara with an Egypt attitude of servitude and oppression. But Moses wants them to know that freedom demands that their identity take on the character of the God who liberated them. So Moses tells them in so many words, they've got to trust in the Lord and they've got to become accountable to the Lord by taking responsibility for their own lives. The people were looking for what a lot of us are looking for transactional leadership. And that's why it's so easy for them to turn all their anger and hostility toward Moses. As long as they could blame Moses, they never had to look at themselves. You know folk like that, right? It's always somebody else's fault. And as soon as they can't blame that one anymore, they gotta find somebody else to blame. But never do they ask, what have I done? Or what have I failed to do that puts me in the mess that I am in? As long as they were in Egypt, they could blame Pharaoh. But they watched Pharaoh drown, so can't blame him no more. So I'll blame you, Moses. You need to fix this thing or else we're going back because it's better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to be out here on our own. That leads to, 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 to the second point. Getting past bitter water demands that we take on the character of the God who liberated us. Moses knew that this crisis demanded more than transactional leadership. It required transformational leadership. These people needed to adjust their view away from Pharaoh and even away from Moses. And they needed to see clearly that God was the one who had freed them and God is the one who will keep them. They needed to see that God could handle their bitter water 
crisis. Israel had, had been hampered by embedded Egyptian habits of internalized oppression that threatened to sabotage the freedom that God had brought to them. They needed a shift in their thinking to cope with their bitter water experience. And in the same way, my brothers and sisters, we need a shift in our way of thinking away from negative habits. We've learned too much from the oppressor to blame the oppressed for the oppression that we are experiencing. We blame the oppressed for being oppressed. We blame hungry folk for being hungry. We blame sick folk for being sick. We blame out-of-work folk for being out of work. There is a need for a shift in our thinking, and we need to recognize that help doesn't come from the oppressor, and help don't even come from the oppressed. Help comes from the Lord. The Lord is above the oppressor. The Lord is above the oppressed. And if we take on his character, then we can rise above our situation. And we can make it even in the midst of a bitter water experience. And so Moses tells them, stop looking at the situation and start looking at the one who is above the situation. God has a word for you. That, that, that's, that's what Moses said. God has a word for you. If you listen obediently to what I am telling you, if you obey my commands and keep my laws, then I ain't going to strike you the way I struck Egypt. Because I want you to know that not only am I God your salvation, but I'm God your healer. That's the last thing I, I, I want you to see this morning. And that is never forget that God is the healer. Bitter water becomes sweet when you turn it over to the Lord. God promised healing when, when, when we practice the discipline of listening. God promised healing when we have obedient spirits. God promised healing when we break away from an Egypt mentality and embrace the radical dimensions of divine freedom. God promised healing when we learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I want you to notice something. Moses does not deny the reality of bitter water. Moses does not say, y'all just pretending that water ain't bitter. No, but, 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 but neither is Moses scared of the bitter water. Because Moses knows that there's someone who can handle the bitter water. And so Moses doesn't worry himself about the bitter water. Moses turns his eyes up to heaven and Moses says, God, I need you to fix this bitter water. And the scripture says something interesting. It says, God told Moses, there's a piece of wood over there. I want you to take that piece of wood and, 
And I want you to put that piece of wood into the bitter water. Hear what I said. Take a piece of wood and put a piece of wood into some bitter water. That don't make no sense. But if God said it, it doesn't have to make sense to me. Just do what the Lord said do. I'm glad Moses had sense enough to listen to God. Moses picked up the piece of wood and Moses put the piece of wood into the bitter water and you know what happened? Bitter water became sweet. Bitter water became drinkable water. Bitter water became desirable water. Bitter water became life-sustaining water. Bitter water turned a sad experience into a happy experience. Bitter water turned defeat into victory. When Moses put the wood into the water. Well, there's another experience that was bitter and didn't look like there was any way out. Man was caught up in his sin. Man was dying from his sin. Every imagination of the heart of man was only evil continuously and it didn't look like anybody could fix that situation. Some good folk had come and gone and still the water was bitter. Moses had come and gone but the water stayed bitter. Elijah had come and gone but the water stayed bitter. David had come and gone but the water stayed bitter. Isaiah had come and gone but the water stayed bitter. But then Jesus came back. Jesus came by. Jesus stepped out of heaven and came into the earth and, and Jesus got some wood and, and Jesus put some wood into the bitter water. Jesus hung on a cross. You do know the cross was made out of wood, right? Jesus hung on a cross and, and when Jesus hung on the cross, Bitter water became sweet. I heard the hymn writer say, at the cross, at the cross, I first saw the light. At the cross, the burden of my heart was rolled away. Oh, it was there. By faith, I received my sight, and now I'm happy, 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 all the day. If you turn it over to Jesus, Jesus can turn your bitter water sweet. Jesus can turn your darkness 
into noonday. Jesus is able. I just like saying that every now and then. He's able to make rough places plain. He's able to make crooked places straight. He's able to dry the tears from your eyes. He's able to keep bread on your table. He's able to keep clothes on your back. He's able to keep a roof over your head. He's able, 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 able. You can make it through your bitter water experience. If you take your eyes off the water, take the eyes off the oppressor, take your eyes off the oppressed, take your eyes off you. Quit thinking, you so smart, you so slick, you can do it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. 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 You ain't got to say it loud. Just whisper, Jesus. 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 Lord God, thank you for a word that reminds us that you are the solution to our bitter water problem. That our solution is not in Egypt. Our solution is not with empires. Our solution is not with systems. But that our solution comes when we learn to put our hand in your hand. Bless this simple word which has gone forth. May it be a help to those who have heard. Now to God as we open the doors of your church. There may be some man, woman, boy, or girl who have to have.